Welcome to Health Essentials, a Cleveland Clinic podcast. There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends, but who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Nada Youssef. And as we continue our celebration of women this month, we're putting you first by talking about your weight and how to manage it properly. And, um, you know, weight management can be a very tricky thing with chronic illnesses, a poor diet, uh, lack of sleep, stress, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, our featured expert is uh, the Director of Weight Management at the Women's Health Institute, Dr. Karen Cooper. And before we get started, please remember, this is for informational purposes only, and it's not intended to replace your own physician's advice. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for asking me. Sure. And if you want to just introduce yourself to our viewers real fast. Okay. So um, as Nada said, I'm Dr. Karen Cooper, and my specialty is in obesity medicine. I am a primary care physician, but I focus on women who are having issues with weight management in relation to a variety of issues. So polycystic ovarian disease, menopause, infertility, uh, metabolic diseases like hypertension, diabetes, sleep apnea, um, sometimes pregnancy, uh, before pregnancy, during pregnancy, after pregnancy. And, um, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I get to meet a variety of um, wonderful people and we usually have a great time. Oh, well, we have a lot to cover then. So I'm going to start with pregnancy because okay. um, I always hear the term, you know, I'm pregnant, so I get to eat for two. So yeah. then you're thinking like two plates yeah. of the same thing or what is the normal weight gain for a pregnant woman? Yeah, so this is the thing. Um, uh, there's the conception out there that once I get pregnant, you know, I can eat as much as I want to and then all the weight's going to come off, right. but it's actually not true. Uh, we really don't need that much extra weight. So as much as maybe 300 extra calories per day when we're pregnant will be more than enough for our baby, our growing baby. And that could easily be something as simple as um, uh, an extra apple piece of fruit and mm-hmm. slice of bread with peanut butter. Um, maybe a little bit extra rice along with some protein. It's really not that much more. So NIH has specific guidelines in terms of where your weight is right now and how much weight you should gain. Mm -hmm. And you can certainly talk to your doctor about it. Um, But there's a a certain amount of weight that should be gained during your pregnancy just to make it optimal for you and for your baby's health. So don't go for the, what about like the cravings? I know, I know. I'm craving pasta. I know, and that's the thing that you can't really turn turn off. And it's not that you shouldn't give in, but you need to do everything with moderation. Sure. So if you really have that craving that you cannot turn off, sure, go take a bite of something. Okay. You know, just knowing that, okay, you don't want to finish the whole tub of ice cream. (laughs) You know, so yeah. And then, so you, so what I heard you say is it's about 300 calories, so that could yeah. be just one apple. Uh, well, no, that will be a couple pieces of fruit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If great. you really, if you have a free fruit craving, and yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. A little bit of sugar. Okay. Yeah. Great. What about um, some exercising tips for pregnant women? Yeah. I know that's something that you want to keep healthy, but they tell you if you don't, if you weren't exercising that much before pregnancy that you should not exercise as much? So typically you can follow within reason the same exercise activity that you were engaging in before. I mean, if you were horseback riding, you don't want to do that. (laughs) You know, you don't want to do engage in any exercises that will put you in a place of instability. Okay. So your exercises should be low impact. 
um, and they should be where you're stable, where there's not a chance for you to fall. Okay. Okay. Where you're safe. yes, exactly. It should be safe. Where your weight is supported because you know you have this growing baby, mm -hmm. and so that takes the whole frame off balance. Sure. So it's really important to have both feet planted on the ground, you know, and just make sure in a safe environment. If for some reason you were to fall, that it wouldn't be, you know, uh, something that would be very traumatic. Sure. Sure. So, but really um, making sure that you're avoiding things that can actually hit. The stomach right, you know, right just be right. very safe okay yeah great all right so um the ultimate diet for weight loss <laughs> you know i was gonna ask that <laughs> you know for pregnant women should they be eating more fat or less fat and then just for anybody for any woman not not just pregnant women pregnant women need good nutrition we all need good nutrition sure okay and there are a couple things that are focused on during pregnancy like folic acid and so on um, and obviously, you know, we always tell our pregnant patients to make sure you take your prenatal because that has extra vitamins, iron, and things that we really want them to have mm -hmm. um, so that the baby can get those nutrients during pregnancy. Uh, we do not place our pregnant moms on diets. That's yes. a no-no. Right. Okay. But we will look at your diet and we will um, make sure that you are eating the foods that you should be eating okay. to get the best nutrients and that you're eating them in the correct portion sizes. Great. So no, no diets are pregnant women. Yeah. And there's really no ultimate diet period. So many trends right. out there. How there, do we choose? There are How tons do we know? of trends. There are tons <laughs> of trends out there. The yeah. first thing is you want to, the first thing you want to do is make sure in conversation with your physician that it is a um, safe diet. Right. It's not something that's going to throw your your um, physiological um, system um, out of whack. Sure. Right. Sure. So it has to be a safe diet, something that's not going to um, put you in the ER. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> right. Right. But then also it has to be something that you can manage. Sure. Right. So um, some people are vegetarians, for instance, but there is uh, the trend now to do more high protein, low carb, and most protein is, you know, fish and chicken and steak and things like that. And, and vegetarians, you know, they're not going to indulge. Right. So it's really about what are the types of foods that you eat? Mm -hmm. What do you feel is suited for you? And what do you think you can give up? Right. And but most importantly, it's got to be healthy. I mean, it's sure. got to be a safe diet sure. for you. And, and the word your, diet your could be very tricky because it always sounds like it's something that, you know, we just get into just in a temporary state. But if we're talking about like a lifestyle diet, like what, what we should be eating, there's Mediterranean diet, there's a keto diet, there right, is right. fasting. There, right. what, what do you recommend? What do you eat? <laughs> so what I recommend is mm -hmm. everything. You have to um, be very aware of your portions. Yes. Right. And um, if you can get a variety of foods, that means that you're getting a wide range of nutrients for your body's okay. needs, right? Great. Typically, if we restrict or reduce a particular food, we're gonna see weight loss. And when we use the word diet, we tend to think of it as something temporary. Right. But truly, everything we eat every day on a regular basis is it's our diet, diet yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But when you're looking to lose weight and you say, oh, I wanna go on a diet, um, you should consider it from a temporary standpoint because that's not something you're going to continue the rest of your life. Right. Okay. Right. So some people will go on a particular diet type to get a larger amount of weight loss, perhaps, or faster amount of weight loss mm -hmm. um, based on the diet type. But really, if you continue eating the way you normally do, if it's a you know <laughs> healthy yeah. uh, type diet, and you reduce your calories, um, you know proportionally per day, you will sure. get some weight loss. You just won't get the 20 pounds in two weeks that you're looking for. Right, right. It won't be as fast as we want yes, it to be. Yes, sure, sure. exactly. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Um, weight loss 
medications and pills that mm-hmm. are um, are those safe? Are those mm-hmm. safe? Because it's it's something it kind of it almost sounds too easy that I can take a pill that'll make me not hungry uh-huh. or that'll make my fat go away. <laughs> so are those safe? And what what do you have to say about those? There's no pill that will make your fat. There's go no away. magic pill. There's just nothing mm-hmm. that yeah. will make fat go away. <laughs> we wish. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have? What What I think everyone needs to understand about weight loss is that you're losing weight, whether it's through a diet or medication or surgery, because what you're taking in is being reduced. Right. And some people do need the help of medication to get from point A to point B. Because when we gain weight, it's not just about the way we look or the way we feel, but it's also what diseases are we you know, putting ourselves at risk for because sure. of the increased weight. Sure. And there are times when medication is really necessary um, just to help that person get the weight off so that they can be at their optimal health, okay. right? Okay. And then medicines are also very good in terms of an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. We do have the eating disorders, and so that needs to be evaluated by psychologists and the physician, and medications can be incredibly helpful in terms of eating disorders. Sure. Sure. So the patient always needs to be monitored. It shouldn't be medication that you bought off the internet. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. So right. if you're a healthy person yeah. and you're right. able to exercise and eat well, yeah. you shouldn't be going for medication. Well, I, I don't say shouldn't. It really depends on your body mass index. The okay. NIH has specific guidelines in terms of what your body mass index should be when we're prescribing medications. Okay. And um, as medical care providers, we we have to follow that. Yeah. Otherwise, we're putting your health at risk. Sure, sure, right? sure. And then before I uh, go forward here, can we talk a little bit about BMI, what it means, what's healthy, what's not, when we should see a doctor? So the body mass index is an average of your height and your weight. Mm -hmm. We get this number and it tells us, it's really more to give us a range of where you are in terms of health. It is not accurate. And I think a lot of people get so hung up on that number, you know? So normal is between um, 18 and 24, Okay. right? 18 and 24.9, and overweight is from 25 to 29.9, obese is 30, and it keeps on going, right? You can get to morbidly obese where you're 100 pounds or more overweight, and your body mass index would be around 40. The only reason we're looking at those numbers is to determine what you're at risk for in terms of disease processes, Mm -hmm. because we want to dive in. Sure, sure. (laughs) And we want to take care of it. Sure. Right? Also, if you already have a disease process, the increased weight is going to make it worse. So we also want to address it just based on that. Do you have diabetes and is your body mass index 35? Well, we know that if we help you with the weight loss, your diabetes is going to improve. It might even resolve if it's diabetes type 2. However, if your weight keeps going up, if you may get to the point where you need insulin, if you're not already on insulin, you know, at that time. So it's really important to look at it from, you know, a, a full range perspective of how healthy am I? Am I putting my health at more risk? Sure. You know, but not okay, I've got to get between these two numbers because if I don't, right, right. you know, so it's, that, it's sure. that type of thing. So so then you mentioned type 2 diabetes, you can take your insulin number down with diet? Type 2 diabetes, you can bring your body mass index down. Oh, okay, your body mass index, okay. If you are losing weight sure. with a medically supervised diet plan yes. or a healthy non-medically supervised diet plan, okay and with exercise activity. The one thing people don't realize is how terrific exercise is for us. Even if you don't lose weight with exercise, and 
Most of the time you do not. Mm -hmm. It helps to maintain your weight. Right. It is going to lower the blood glucose. It's going to bring the blood pressure down. It's going to make you feel great. Yeah. It's just going to do the so happy many great feeling, things. right? Yes. Yeah. yes. Great. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to jump on to a little game. Yes. I'm just going to um, throw out a statement out there, and I want you to tell me if it's a myth or a fact. Okay. And then just explain a little bit about it. So, okay. Um, first one is about skipping breakfast. Can skipping breakfast cause me to gain weight? Yeah. So that's a myth. It right? is. It is. Mm. We are pushed all the time. Eat your breakfast. Eat breakfast. Most eat important breakfast. Yes, meal of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It is important because you haven't eaten for several hours. Sure. You know, if if you've gone to bed at the right time. Yeah. Right. That's true. <laughs> you know, it, it is important. You know. Um, however, a lot of us are not breakfast eaters, mm -hmm. and so um, our bodies might naturally want to eat later in the day. It is perfectly okay to eat later in the day. Okay. My What I like to tell my patients is eat when you're hungry. Yeah. If you eat when you're hungry, not when you're starving. If yeah. you eat when you <laughs> Don't wait that long. Yeah. <laughs> if you eat when you're hungry, not only are you gonna enjoy your food better, you're gonna eat the right amount of portions for you. Okay. Um, sometimes if we're not breakfast eaters and we try to fit into that mold of you must eat breakfast, we're really taking in more calories during a time when um, it's not really registering that, hey, you're hungry, mm -hmm. we're filling, you know, right. Your body's you're getting, right, you're getting filled because let's just say you're like an 11 o'clock eater. You get up at How'd six you know? o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> you get up at six o'clock. You're like, okay, I need to have breakfast. Yeah. You're still going to be hungry at eleven. Yes. That's your norm. Right. And so you've taken in these extra calories. Okay. So unless you reduce what you eat at eleven o'clock. You've now added more calories to your day that you may not want. Okay, you made so. my day. I, I skip breakfast all the time because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I just I'm not a hungry yeah. person in the morning. Well, so. you know, I have in defense of the of the registered dietitians who <laughs> I adore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the reasons that said is because skipping meals can cause you to overeat. I see. If you're going to overeat because you skip breakfast, you do not need to skip your breakfast. And that's why I eat when you're hungry. If, right. Whether it's morning or 11 a.m. Right. 12 p.m. Right. Okay. Exactly. Great. Exactly. All right. So we got that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And um, you should Bring eat. <laughs> you should eat as much fruits and vegetables as you want, and you will never gain weight. Such a myth. Okay. Such a myth. <laughs> Such a myth. <laughs> okay. Is it the sugar content? Is it what is it? Sugar. So, fruits are healthy for us. Yes. Um, vegetables too, um, but they're not free foods. Right. They have calories. So if you require a certain amount of calories to keep your weight a certain weight, sure. um, and you eat more than that, you're going to gain weight, whether it's a piece of fruit or some chocolate yeah. or lettuce or, you know, right. so, so because we tend to think foods that are healthy for us, we can eat as much of it as we want. And that's not true. We want you to eat healthy foods, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Majority of your plate should be vegetables and some fruit, correct? Um, not necessarily. Okay. It really depends on, um, uh, well, it should be a variety. Sure. Right? Sure. So it's always about moderation and variety and yeah. portions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slow it down. It should be about yeah. variety. It should definitely be about portions. Okay. Okay. Great. Get the protein in there. Yeah. Um, fruit is a form of sugar. It's healthy, yeah. you know, it's got sugar, it's got vitamin C, sometimes some of them have vitamin E and other vitamins, um, almost all of them have fiber. Um, it's really great for your body. Yeah. However, 
it, it's the sugar c component you're looking at. Right. So if you go above the amount of servings that are recommended per day, sure. then you're going to um, gain weight. Sure. So it's not a free food. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the same thing with vegetables. We've got vegetables that can be starchy and non-starchy. Right. The starchy ones, potatoes, corn, corn. peas. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's hard. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. In moderation, but not free foods. Yes. Okay, so, great. Yeah. Perfect. How about, um, you know, I, I, I drink uh, black tea, but I'm putting honey instead of sugar. Yeah. Is that better? So, honey is fruit sugar, fructose, right? It's made yeah. with fructose, so it's still sugar. Okay. So, again, um, there's the understanding that it's healthier yeah but it's just a different form of sugar okay and if you have an upper respiratory infection or something you may feel better going down your throat yes whatever um, however it still has actually it might even have more calories than sugar because we're gonna really wow. most of the time we tend to put more honey in thinking than we it's would. a free yeah free yeah, yeah again it falls into right. that I think it's a free food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. I always hear that honey is healthy. It's like what my mom always told me. It know? is healthy. Again, you have to measure it. Yes, exactly. Sugar. Measurement is important. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so if I late night snack, I'm going to gain weight for sure? Um, it depends, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons that um, the thought out there is you should stop eating at 7 o'clock in the evening or whatever is because in the evening we tend to be more relaxed. Yeah. When we're relaxed, we tend to let our guard down mm. and we tend to eat more. more. Yes. So the trick, if I want to call it that, yeah, yeah. about eating later at night is to, again, be aware of how much you're eating. Um, again, if you've got a certain amount of calories that's going to keep your weight at a certain level, if you eat all of them at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. Right. You know, it's not yeah. going to make a difference. Sure. But if you add more than that, yes, you're remembering that you seem to have eaten more at night. And that's why you keep thinking, you know, oh, it's probably because I've eaten late. Right, right. And then, of course, it's what you're eating. I mean, it's also what you're eating. It could be nachos eating. and cheese or it's, it could be an apple. It's and some also nuts, right? what you're eating. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. there we go. Nuts are healthy for you, but they do have quite a bit of fat. Yes. So, you know, maybe about 10. Yeah. Count okay, them 10? out. One, two, three, four, wow. five, six. That, they never go just for 10. It's always more than yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll yeah, keep that in yeah. mind for next time. Yeah. Um, how about lack of sleep, though? Um, you know, I've read uh, a lot of studies where lack of sleep causes you to crave sugar or crave junk food, which causes uh, yeah. weight gain. Is that yes. true or false? Yes. So if you are tired, you're going to want to... Um, get your energy up during the times when you really need it, yeah. right? So if you're feeling tired, you're going to reach for caffeinated beverages mm -hmm. or things with sugar because sugar does yep. this, so yeah. it makes you feel more energetic. Yeah. And so that's why we tend to crave more carbs, which are sugar, yeah. right, when mm -hmm. it's all broken down. We tend to crave more carbs, more sugary foods, more caffeinated um, beverages when we're tired, and that can lead to more weight gain. Okay. So apart from, you know, not going, not getting enough rest, during the night, that can be a variety of factors. And the one thing I, I think people really need to know about a lot is the idea of sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. You know, sleep apnea is a disorder that does not allow you to get enough rest, even if you slept for eight mm -hmm. hours. And so that you're going to be tired during the day, sure. and it's going to be that vicious cycle of I'm tired, I'm eating more food, sure. weight sure. gain. Okay, so sleep longer. Yes. Well, how long is better. it is good? Like six hours? I can't, <laughs> I can't answer that one, huh? I mean, it I'm depends. guessing, I mean, how, how many hours can we really get if you, we really want? 
But, you know, really it, it depends on the individual. Some people yeah. can um, function, function incredibly well and... off of six. I think the latest literature out there is between six and eight hours okay. and that it changes depending on your age. Sure. Right? Sure. Okay. Great. So, yeah. All right. And uh, does exercising increase metabolism? Exercise does increase metabolism. Does. So when people come in saying, I have a slow metabolism, my first question is, how much are you exercising? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> right. And the thyroid, it controls, it's our, uh, controls our metabolism. And so that's another thing to look for. If you think your metabolism is not where it is, where it used to be, sure. you know, that's something that your doctor can easily do a blood test to determine what's going on with your thyroid. Okay. So to check um, thyroid is blood test and that could be slowing down your metabolism. Absolutely. It can have an effect on your metabolism. Okay. Depending on what the thyroid disorder is, is either slowing it down, rubbing it up, or rubbing oh, it up, right, or, or causing some kind of problem. Mm -hmm. um, however, as we get older, our metabolism slows down. Yeah. Right. And so there are just some things we have to get used to as we get older. So That's one have of to them. Find a way to reverse. Aging. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> like all of our problems. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> um, and uh, exercise again is one of those things. I can't talk enough about exercise yeah. activity. Honestly, it's like. One of the best things you could always do. For okay, yourself. so what's your tip for someone that's like, I don't have time to exercise. I can eat healthy, you know, but I don't have time to exercise. <laughs> First of all, you're gonna get the eyes. Yeah, make time. That's incredibly important. Yeah. You've got to put that into your day if you're going to be a successful, effective person. If you're gonna be your best, if you're gonna have optimal health, you've got to get exercise activity in. Just read a study yesterday that just showed, you know, we talk about exercise a lot in terms of heart disease and heart attacks and high blood pressure and so on, but we don't talk about some other chronic conditions like heart failure. Mm. We don't have anything really that cures heart failure. Right. You know, we can do certain uh, procedures, interventions when you've got um, heart attacks and arteries that are blocked, right. but in terms of heart failure when your heart is really not working at its best. Um, that's something that exercise activity can prevent, ward off, or wow. moderate. And so, you and know, it doesn't need to be vigorous. I mean, it could it be walking, not. right? It could be, it could be walking half hour a day. That would, that would do. So sometimes I try to stay away from the E word, and I just say move as much as move like more, move more than you normally do. I like that. Right? Yeah. Move more, That's dance. Because exercise, you know? you're thinking of CrossFit, and right. you know, sometimes you're like, I don't have time. But or walking, you just moving. don't want to you know, be that intense. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you had a rough day. You don't want to be that intense yeah. and just go, go outside. dancing. Yeah. Go something. dancing. Do the fun Zumba. thing. Yeah. Move more okay. than you normally do. Good. All right. How about, uh, let's see. So is gaining weight during or after menopause inevitable? Ooh, the thing I don't like about menopause <laughs> is it disrupts those hormones yeah. and just sends us into... How do you control at that point, huh? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, pretty much everyone is going to get the spread. So everybody's going to gain weight? Yes. During menopause? I, I want to say no, <laughs> like, you know, it's not sealed in stone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's inevitable because it's affecting our hormones, which tend to regulate you know, um, our fat storage and so on. Okay. And so, but you can ward that off. You can be proactive, sure. you know? So knowing that 
being very aware of when you're getting into that phase. You know, you're going to have symptoms. Make sure you're seeing your doctor regularly so you can start talking about preventive measures for the things to come. Sure. And then <laughs> right? everybody's different, right? Like, what are the right. first symptoms of menopause? Right. I mean, everybody's different. Everyone is different. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a, a certain um, length of time, and some people's time is shorter, some is longer, and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, however, I think the number one thing is that uh, for most women, we're going to not quite feel ourselves. Sure. But, yeah, so the weight gain comes because there's a change in the hormone levels and so we have less estrogen during that time and um, unfortunately that promotes more weight around the stomach okay you know and so if we are monitoring what we take in we reduce our fat content do more exercise activity we have a chance of um, you know of really being victorious around that time okay great, great. Excellent. Yeah. okay um, increased stress level hormones can contribute to weight gain yeah. and then how yeah. to cope with stress. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of us cope with stress by eating. Okay. okay. Cope with stress by eating? So yeah. eat more. <laughs> no. I'm not oh, okay. saying you eat should. Less. A <laughs> lot of us do. Um, yeah. So when we get stressed out, um, cortisol, you know, which is yeah. like a steroid, sure. it, we release more in our bodies. And that tends to promote more inflammation. Also, tend, it can promote more of an appetite. Story and of so, that. right. And so, it's really important to get the stress levels under control. So, okay. if you know, you know, you're gonna have a particularly stressful week. If you can make sure that you get more exercise activity in, you know, you get more rest. Sure. sure. You know, or if you have your go-to for stress release, blast the music in the car all the way to work. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, use a few sentence enhancers by yourself. Sure. You know, <laughs> um, do what you need to do. Dance you know get outside try to incorporate some things that are stress reducers for you throughout sure. the day maybe sure. if you can't all wait until the whole day is over mm -hmm. and and that's going to be pretty effective okay. but it is important to know that it does um, increase our cortisol levels sure. and so it's going to make us go a little crazy in terms yeah, of carbs it, does, it takes yes. everything out of whack yes. okay one last question for you i'm going to some live questions because we're getting some but um i wanted to ask you a lot of people are fasting this month for ramadan do you do you oh, talk that's right yeah so like with with fasting or intermittent fasting any any take on that is it healthy is it there's a lot of research or is there's not what's what's going on with that yeah so let's go to the fact that this is the month of ramadan mm -hmm. and they are you know observing their faith and they are fasting and it depends on what your conception of fasting is. Mm -hmm. So I believe within that spectrum, it's you know staying away, abstaining from foods until a certain time, and then you can eat a certain right. type of food or amount of food. Right. Okay. Um, but there's fasting from the standpoint of there are many different types of fasts. Exactly. You can do an all water fast. You can do um, just a beverage fast. Right. There's the Daniel fast. Daniel. You know. So, yes, which a lot of Christians tend to engage in mm. during the beginning of the year with their churches and things like that. Okay. And so, and that pulls out um, red meat and okay. tends to be a healthier way of eating. Sure. Pulls out sugar and things. So, it really depends on what the fast is, mm -hmm. right? Um, well, your body not taking in calories for 14, 18, or even 24 hours is that cleansing your is, is that cleansing your body? What is that? Is, do there's benefits to that? Our bodies, our bodies are so amazing. Yeah, we agree. we can cleanse without yeah. uh, a cleanser. Okay, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. We don't need anything to cleanse. You don't have to fast <laughs> sure, to do that, sure, right? Sure. Um, drinking enough water, exercising, you know, sweating, you're getting all those toxins out and things like that. You don't actually have to induce it. Okay. Um, 
But people like the idea of fasting because they're thinking of weight loss or mm -hmm. they're thinking again, like you said, you know, maybe I'm going to get healthier. Um, not necessarily tr true. Okay. You can lose some weight if you're fasting, um, but it, it depends again on the type of fast. Mm -hmm. And it also depends on how long you're doing it. And some fasts can be dangerous. Right. You have and to be so, healthy to fast as well. Um, I think the first question is, what are you doing it for? Right. You know, right. what's the reason behind it? You know, if you're going to have a surgical procedure, you might have to sure. abstain from food for a certain number of hours. That's a fast. Absolutely. Right? Until Absolutely. the procedure. So okay. really, I think in terms of fasting, you need to be very mindful about the reason behind the fasting, whether it's going to be healthy for you, have a conversation with your medical care provider to determine, you know, is this the right, yes, is this the right path? Great. All right. So. Well, excellent. You've been great. I'm going to go ahead and go some live All questions. Right. I have uh, Joan. Can we speak about genetic or epigenetic issues that affect weight? Uh, we can talk about epigenetic issues that affect weight. So, you know, we're born with our DNA and everything. However, um, certain foods, drinks, even exercise activity can turn switches on or off. Okay. Right? So some, some things that will promote disease um, can be turned on just by eating the wrong foods mm. or by not exercising enough or intensely enough um, or it can turn them on you okay. know so yes so we can manipulate um, good things or bad things sure, sure. in our They're body in our body yeah epigenetically okay. just by the amount of exercise that we do just by the types of foods that we eat okay now you mentioned bad foods <laughs> what is bad food? Yes, <laughs> I hate about good food, but what I is bad don't food? like using the term good or bad, but that yeah. just kind of slips out. So <laughs> I would say that. foods that are unhealthy yes. for you. Okay. And so um, hmm. processed foods, sugar. Absolutely mm -hmm. processed foods. Mm -hmm. um, you know, foods that just have, I don't want to say foods that have sugar, but foods that have too much sugar. Yeah. Again, there's just always that amount of. Um, electrolytes and, and nutrients and so on that our bodies need mm -hmm. so just eliminating a particular thing because you know like salt for instance right i'm not eating salt i don't want it to have a problem with my blood pressure right your body needs salt you're yeah. gonna feel like crap eventually yeah, right, right. right so unhealthy foods processed foods for sure you know, foods that, you know, just have like, ingredients that you can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> that would be lots of preservatives, lots, right? Yes, exactly, to exactly. lengthen the shelf life. Exactly. Yeah. Foods that are too high in fat. So again, everything in moderation. So it would be really important if you know how to read a label. Sure. Because then you can determine what you're taking and what you're putting in your body. Anything that's fresh that you can pick that, you know, doesn't require too much manipulation mm -hmm. is most likely going to be best for you. Do you think do you, you think we're reading enough uh, labels in the back oh, of no. the foods? No, we have no not. idea what's in the back of these foods. I mean, we have no idea what it says, right? We just Well, we trust the FDA. Yeah. <laughs> you do. Okay, let's go to the next question. Debbie has um, ideas for women or six over 65 for weight loss. Um, the first thing I'm going to push with that is exercise. Exercise okay. activity because 65 or older your metabolism has slowed down. And so um, the exercise activity is going to promote that. It's going to increase that. So okay. exercise activity is really important. Monitor your fat intake. 
um, as we get older again, it's, it's, it's more difficult to lose weight. Monitor the fat intake because you get double the amount of calories from fat. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to eliminate it completely because fat makes you feel full. And if you're not feeling full, you're going to eat more. Sure. Right. So right. I would say first thing you want to do if you've never met with a dietitian is to meet with a dietitian okay. so that someone can evaluate your diet and can really help, um, help you promote weight loss and certainly prevent more weight gain. And then when you're eating fats, go for the healthy fats, right? So avocados, avocados oil, are awesome. Mediterranean oil, diet yes, kind of stuff. Yes, Great. absolutely. Fish. All right, and then I have Joan. Um, why can two people who eat the same foods and have the same activity level have very different weight loss issues? Are those genetics? That's <laughs> because a very we're good different, question. Joan. We're <laughs> different. We're like, different yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have different um, makeups. Different, Everything. Different genetic makeups. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely she was right on that um, and then it, it doesn't matter that you're eating the same types of food um, your exercise activity also sure. plays a role but really it's mostly your genetics sure. right sure. so that's gonna play more of a role in terms of how you're losing weight compared to someone else however there's like an overall um, what's the best way to put this for instance as medical providers, we know there's certain things that will absolutely promote weight loss. Yeah. So you're going to get weight loss from that regardless of, but you may not just get the same type of weight loss sure, as the person. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not, that, not as uh, intense as Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Just because of that makeup. And now, I know a lot of people do a lot of like meal plans and they eat mm -hmm. kind of like the same thing every day. Um, is that healthy or are we, should we be rotating foods? Because I heard you say it's all about kind of variety moderation. Mm -hmm. Is it healthy to do a meal plan that's like all chicken, all broccoli every day? You know that a lot of a lot of people kind of pack their own lunches that way and I've kind of seen a trend in that. Um, but when you're saying, you know, make sure it's colorful, it sounds yeah. like we should always rotate our food, someday chicken, someday steak, someday salmon, someday vegetarian. Well, the thing about not about eating the same types of foods daily, yes. like you said, yeah. number one, you're going to get bored. Right. So eventually you're going to get really bored, you know, you're never going to want to eat that food again. And that food's probably important. Yeah. And you're right, there are probably a certain amount of nutrients you might not be getting if you're eating the same things every day. Of course, that can be supplemented with vitamins and mm -hmm. minerals. So it depends on whose meal plan you're following yeah. and what supplementing nutrients that you might be missing, if you are missing any nutrients indeed, yeah. right? Okay. You definitely want to talk to your medical care provider regarding that. Great. All right, and uh, Lynn wants to know, how do you lower your BMI? <laughs> so is there Lynn, one answer to that? <laughs> so lowering your body mass index really is saying that you're losing weight. But also, I think what we need to, to, to understand about the body mass index is that it cannot tell us what our fat mass is mm -hmm. or our muscle mass is. So um, I can tell you that our star of Cleveland, LeBron James, yes. has a tremendous amount of muscle mass. So course, his yeah. BMI would probably fall into what we consider an abnormal range, right? right? right. Um, does he need to lose weight? Absolutely not. Right. So I would say it's not so much about lowering your body mass index, but is your weight, you know, where's your weight? Is it fitting into what's normal to prevent risk for disease or to prevent exacerbating any type of issue you might have right now? Okay. And so in doing that, you need to, um, you know, look at what you're eating, exercise more, determine if you need medications, determine if you need surgery, those mm -hmm. types of things. Great. And then if you have issues with weight gain, you can just, like, there's, like, BMI calculators online that we could just 
They're BMI yeah, calculators. Again, it's not telling you what your fat mass right. or muscle mass is, right? You absolutely need another test to determine that. Okay. Because if, you're, if your body mass index is elevated because of your muscle mass, why do you need to lose weight? Right, right, right. right? Unless you're not working. Okay, <laughs> great. And then um, I have uh, Joan. What about some of the current thinking that says the bacteria in your intestines can determine weight issues? And I'll talk a little, I mean, I would like to talk a little bit about the bacteria, the good, the bad bacteria that we have in our bodies and all that good stuff. Yeah, there are a lot of um, studies out there now that are saying that the microbiome or the gut yeah. bacteria um, is having an influence on your weight. I am not um, well-versed in that. Mm -hmm. We have a wonderful um, center here, Center of uh, Functional Medicine, yes. and they will do a, run a gamut of tests yeah. to determine you know, what might be abnormal along that spectrum. Okay. Um, I do understand that I think if you take certain probiotics you know, and you do certain eliminating mm -hmm. diet type based on what the bacteria is, sure. that that would be helpful. But again, you want to go to the um, to functional medicine, right. the Center for Functional Medicine, okay. to get that evaluated and assessed. So from what I understand, you have bacteria in your body and you want to give them good bacteria to feed the good bacteria. But did you... Um, do you consume apple cider vinegar? Do you have anything to say about apple cider vinegar? Is that... Because eh. you have people kind of <laughs> going all over the place with the apple cider vinegar. Is it making me, you know, lose weight? Is it enough research that put you on the spot again? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I can't stand to hear really? apple cider vinegar. See, let's talk um, about it. So, um, about it. well, I mean, the truth is, I I don't actually know where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole yeah. thought that it's yeah. just one of those things that's out there. If you if you do more apple cider vinegar, you're gonna lose weight or whatever. Um, perhaps it might dull your taste buds or something. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's very acidic. I was about to say it's very acidic. <laughs> yeah. It's changing your pH. Yeah. There are studies that show if your pH is, you know, altered too much, you're setting yourself up at risk for right. other things. Right. Um I have yet to see one person who's told me that by drinking it they've lost weight right. or had it's any hard other... to drink. I mean people put it in water and just sip on acid all day versus like sometimes I'll put it in like a salad dressing because I'll put yeah. vinegar anyway. It's just so different. Just, but the, yeah, yeah. It's just different. Okay, so cool. yeah. That's a myth. All right, good myth. Um, and then, are any foods free foods? Water. <laughs> there you go. That's the answer. <laughs> not lettuce, not romaine, nothing like that. That would be. I mean, that's. So again, I think we need celery. to. We like the idea of free in yeah. every aspect. Yeah, yeah, sugar free. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, I think when we say free, when we talk about free in relationship to foods, we're just saying. How much of this can we eat without a penalty? Right. And so, again, it then falls into what amount of food do you need to consume or beverages to not gain weight? Okay. So if you're going above that, nothing's free. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's the right answer. With the so exception water. of water. Yeah, water. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, sorry if I'm butchering this, Sir Monty. Is it true that bananas should be avoided? No. 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 Okay. No. So bananas are a great source of... I'm not sure of, why. I mean, they're potassium. So I'm going to talk right? about that, yeah. right? Bananas, great. great source of potassium. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's almost like a starchy kind of fruit. Mm -hmm. um, it's got vitamin C also. However, it also has a lot of sugar. There, and especially the riper it gets, the more Sweeter. sugar that's there. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about avoiding bananas, they're really talking about reducing sugar. Okay. So if you are on a low sugar diet plan or you want to do that, 
um, you should definitely reduce your intake of anything that's full of sugar, right. whether it's a fruit or a processed food. Okay, so bananas should not be avoided. No, they should not be. Should every, be everything yeah, in moderation, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yes. Uh, Faith, are there foods to avoid while on prednisone or any other steroids? So prednisone, prednisone tends to increase the appetite. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, it also reduces inflammation. Oh, okay. Um, as far as I know, there's not a uh, problem with consuming any type of food or beverage if you're on prednisone for medical reasons, okay. um, but you want to monitor your portions because it does make you feel more hungry. Oh, great. Um, and then Faith also asks, is decaffeinated healthier than caffeinated? It depends on how it's processed, Ooh. right? Oh, it gets so complicated. Right, right. <laughs> so are we really talking about the effects of the caffeine, no caffeine, or are yeah. we ta talking about the effects of how the caffeine is taken out of the coffee mm. and that chemical process could be an issue. So how do I know how it was taken out of the coffee? Yeah. Well, <laughs> to some, your sources. Some companies actually will say at the back, if okay. you look, some, but um, no, you, you have to investigate Google, look yeah. it up, yeah, okay. and see. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, will wants to know, if weight gain is one of the side effects of your medication, how do you lose weight? Yes, that's a really great question yeah. because there are a lot of medicines out there that do promote weight gain, and that's where there needs to be a, a conversation with your medical provider who's giving you that medicine to discuss other medicines yeah, <laughs> that, that can could be... that can combat that. I see because it's really quite um, uh, you know it makes you not feel so great. You've got to take this medication to support this thing, and then it's causing and then the weight gain. Another right, issue. Yeah. and then the weight gain is going to cause something else. Yeah. So I think as medical providers, we need to be very aware of the medicines that we are giving to our patients, Definitely. and that if it's going to promote weight gain, we then need to make sure that person has resources to prevent to prevent the, the additional weight gain. Yes, sure. yes. Okay, great. And then I have Lynn. I have uh, severe sciatic pain and walking, moving hurts. Uh, what can you do to exercise? Also, tried the pool, still aggravated the nerve. What can I do? Okay, so sciatic pain is really, I mean, that's incredibly painful. Yeah. However, it depends on how it's being treated. You know, um, Lynn can go to a chiropractor and osteopathic physician, and they can do specific manipulations to relieve the pressure off the nerve. It's the sciatic nerve that's causing the pain. Um, but if you're going to have pain, experience pain when you're walking or moving, that is, um, you know, going to prevent you from, you're, you're definitely moving. not one going to do that yeah, much. Yeah. Um, so treating the source of the pain, she is going to be... Not just the symptom, but the source of the pain. The source, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because you can do both. She can get some things to help with the, manage the pain, but the source of the pain needs to be treated. And typically point. with sciatic nerve pain, the, the nerve is being compressed or, or um, um, impinged, actually. Right, right. And um, there needs to be manipulation and a few techniques to open up that area to relieve the stress off the nerve to, okay. to relieve the pain. Very, very good to know. So going to the root of it. 
Okay, great. Um, Laura wants to know, is eating three to four servings of avocados a week too much? <laughs> Laura, are you eating avocado toast? <laughs> are you paying a whopping $8 oh, for a slice well, of avocado just, Let's just toast. say avocados, but servings, what is a serving? Yeah. Like one avocado a day is probably too much. Are we supposed to eat half of an avocado a day? What so, is too much? You know, I'd have to go look to see what the exact serving is. Okay. I mean, avocados come in all different sizes, True. and so um, I'm not sure what a serving is without looking it up. Yeah. So if she stays within the serving, and if a serving is, you know, like a quarter of a s small size avocado per day. Not toast. <laughs> <laughs> With toast. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against the toast and avocado? <laughs> It's more calories. Yeah, not I know exactly. <laughs> Save the toast. I agree with that. It means less avocado. <laughs> yes. So, um, so yeah. If she stays within the serving size, and I'm sorry that I don't know what the serving size is, but um, my trusted registered dietitian would. Yes. Um, <laughs> she would be okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, Faith wants to know. Can you? Ex or she's saying, can you explain when a diagnosis is morbidly obese? Oh, can you repeat that again? Can you explain when a diagnosis is morbidly obese? Yes. When someone is diagnosed as morbidly obese, it's because their excess weight has hit 100 or more pounds. Okay. And that will push the body mass index into the number of 40 and above. Okay. So we've got 40, you know, morbidly obese, then you get to 50, you get to 60, and then the terms become super morbidly obese, mm. you know, and... Um, that's a condition that really meets the criteria for surgery. Okay. And if uh, with all the investigation and evaluation, that's something that that person should do, um, that's definitely the path to go on. But once you've hit the, the, the body mass index that reflects a morbid obese state, it is um, it really puts you in this realm of all these disease processes that just makes life more difficult to manage. Sure. Right, and it is incredibly difficult to lose that weight non-surgically. Sure, but um, but yes, uh, typically a hundred pounds or more is what will qualify or classify someone as a, being within morbidly obese state. Now, Toma, Thomas, mm -hmm. Thomas, uh, when would you recommend bariatric surgery? That oh, kind of ties is in, that huh? Dr. Thomas <laughs> Rogula? <laughs> I've outed you. <laughs> <laughs> so when do you recommend bariatric surgery? I mean, would you say 100 pounds or more uh, overweight? From the medical provider perspective, mm -hmm. I'll recommend bariatric surgery based on the criteria, and I can go off into that criteria, and I will. Okay. However, what I have noticed with my patients, you cannot do anything until you're ready for it. Okay. And so first, yeah. the patient has to be ready. Yeah. The person who meets the criteria needs to feel that this is the path that they're going on and be ready for it. Yeah. So, because it's mental and physical. Yes. The mental part is huge. So, from the um, my relationship with my patient, that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, being ready. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of the clinical criteria and when I would recommend bariatric surgery. If your body mass index is 35 or more, mm -hmm. and you've got a condition Health like, issues. yes, like sleep apnea, diabetes, um, some other type of chronic disease issue along with that body mass index, mm -hmm. you fit the criteria, you meet the criteria for, 
for bariatric surgery. Okay. However, if your body mass index is at 40, you do not have to have any other chronic disease issue to meet the criteria for bariatric surgery. Okay. So um, again, people who are 100 pounds or more overweight, it is so incredibly difficult to get that excess weight off. Sure. Um, by manipulating food because we have to eat food every single day, yes. you know? Yes. And so there's that gray area always of, you know, what can I eat, what can I not eat? And to think that you have to do that for the rest of your life can be pretty daunting. Sure. What I love about bariatric surgery is that it is the tool that supports. It is the tool that can give you back a certain quality of life. Yes. It is the tool that um, can do a lot in a shorter period of time, but, it also helps you maintain the weight once you've lost it. Yes. So as long as you're following the criteria of, you know, choosing right foods and exercising regularly. Portions. I advocate bariatric surgery for anyone who meets the criteria. Mm -hmm. But again, you've got to make sure that the person is also on board with it. Right, right. So Because it's kind of like a lifestyle change after that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. I have Diane. Is cheese really a bad food? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Who is calling cheese? cheese a bad food? I huh. want to know that. I don't know. Um, so again, let's take out good and bad. And let's well, mac go and cheese from the go. store is probably not a good food. I'm guessing. That's she the, did not say mac and cheese. No, but I mean, there's cheese in the mac and cheese. <laughs> let's start That's what with my the kids cheese. Trying to tell me. <laughs> um, so cheese is pretty high in fat. Very okay. high in fat. Fat and salt. Mm. Um, however, it's also a good source of protein. Again, it's about how much of it you're eating, yeah. right? Yeah. So you can eat cheese, yes, if you're not lactose intolerant. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the quality of cheese, cheese, I'm sure, yeah. is a big thing. Yes, the quality yeah. of cheese, you know, from uh, cows that are, you know, right. grass-fed and so on and so forth. Sure. So it's about is it healthy or unhealthy? It is healthy in moderation. Okay. Okay. Yes. Healthy in moderation. Yes. Um, okay, so Amy wants to know, well, I love cheese. I basically put it on everything. Is it that bad for my health as well as my weight? So in moderation would be So the cheese is a high source of fat. So yeah. it depends on how much of it she's eating. She may say she, she's putting it on everything, but how much of it is she putting on? It may not be that much at the end of the day. Okay. Again, it's you know, how much of it. Fine. How yeah. much of it, yeah. And then Jill wants to know, how can you control menopausal weight gain? The, inev uh, the inevitable. The inevitable. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got to be really diligent with the exercise activity. I would strongly recommend weight training exercise, okay. which also tends to do a, a better boost with the metabolism, particularly in that age range or if you hit menopause surgically or for some other reason, mm -hmm. because it also depletes your calcium stores, your musculoskeletal system is, um, is not as strong. Okay. And so it's really important to do some type of strength training or... Um, you know, core yoga, Pilates to keep your musculoskeletal frame strong, but then that also helps um, increase the metabolism, watching the diet, bringing the fats down, increasing the protein, staying away from the processed foods, mm. reducing the sugar. I could go on and yeah. on. Yeah, no, you can keep yeah. going, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sandra wants to know, how do you know if you have insulin resistance? That you absolutely need, uh, well, first of all, you may have some symptoms, Sandra. And um, she may have some symptoms, mm -hmm. and but definitely you need to connect with your medical care provider because there are certain blood tests that can be done to determine that, okay. to definitively determine that you are insulin resistant, okay. which is not a good thing because that means that's setting you up for diabetes. So the insulin resistance will spur you into pre-diabetic stage and then a, a diabetic stage. So it's really important um, if you're not feeling yourself 
to make sure that you get a check to eliminate that as as well as other things depending on your symptoms. Okay. I'm going to kind of touch back on pregnancy a little bit because you mm -hmm. can get, was it gestational diabetes? You can get gestational diabetes in pregnancy, yes. Yeah. And so again, that's why it's really important to monitor what you're eating, how much you're eating. And really, I just think we need to develop great relationships with dietitians. Sure. You know, it doesn't, it, it certainly helps to have someone review our diets every time we're going through a phase of something, or sure. even if we're not, sure. you know, if you want to be healthier, well, let me also check in with a dietitian and see, you know, if I'm eating the right foods and in the right amounts. Pregnancy is one of those stages where you should definitely be meeting with a dietitian. If you're perimenopausal, you know, um, post-pregnancy, yeah. um, if you're thinking of having a baby, if you have any disease type, yeah. really it's always very good to check in and yes. So some women have a tendency to get gestational diabetes during pregnancy. It's it's connected also to increased weight. Okay. And so um, not always, mm. but it is. Right. And that's why what you're eating, how much you're eating, and how much you're exercising is also really important during that time frame. Okay. Great, knowledge is power. Um, okay, Lori, one last question. Lori, uh, can you talk about whether a high good fat way of eating is more healthy and the big part that insulin resistance plays in weight? Uh, that's a twofer, Lori. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first let's talk maybe about um, the high good fat way of eating. I mean, there's like the ketogenic diet. And I think, a, yeah, I think what she is alluding to is what's out there. You know, everyone's saying keto, 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 go keto. Um, <laughs> go keto. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dance moves um, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I really want to break down that term. You can eat in a way that can promote ketosis. Right. And what ketosis is, that state of ketosis is fat storage, fat cells being broken down it releases ketones in the urine, mm -hmm. and that's when you're in the state of ketosis. Well, the way you do that, the way the body does that in a normal, healthy way is by um, um, using the fat as a secondary source of, of fuel. Okay. So if we're pulling out the carbs out of our diet, we're pulling out the sugars, then our body's going to turn to the stored fat to utilize that for energy or for fuel. It's going to break it down and release ketones in the urine, and that's the state of ketosis. What's happening a lot um, uh, right now, or the trend is, mm -hmm. um, it, that also promotes a lot of weight loss, mm -hmm. right? And so the trend is to do a diet higher in protein, reduce the carbs, but then also increase the fat, mm -hmm. right? And so that's shown to um, help you lose weight, and it's also a healthier weight. However, you still have to monitor how much fat you're taking in. Right. So... Um, it's trendy right now to say go high fat, go high protein, mm -hmm. you know, less carbs, but you still need to monitor how much fat you're taking in. Okay. So you how know? do you get to ketosis? Is it taking down taking down your intake of sugar and carbs, so, correct? So um, when your body gets to that stage, yes, of your your it's utilizing your fat storage Instead as a form food. of okay. fuel, right? Yeah. And most often that happens when we reduce our sugar intake or carb intake. Okay. Because our bodies really prefer that it's primary source of fuel. If we remove that, it's going to a secondary source, which is the fat. And go for the fat. Right? It's Great. gonna go there and it's 
don't know it. Yeah. That'd be great. Okay, well, that was the last question. But before I let you go, is there anything you want to tell our viewers that we haven't touched on? I know, I know we talked a lot about a lot of things. We've but... touched on a lot of things. I will always advocate. I will always advocate exercise. exercise. It is our best kept secret for mm -hmm. optimal health. Yeah. Um, for those people that um, have difficulty moving, um, if there are alternative forms in terms of water, um, if there is assisted movement like mm -hmm. um, Pilates with the reformer, mm -hmm. um, physical therapy, uh, that's really helpful. But really, truly, in terms of our health, eating a balanced diet, and if you don't know what that is, check in with the dietitian. Sure. Um, just making sure you're getting enough nutrients and you're taking in enough calories to support your body is one of the best things we can do for ourselves. Oh, also getting enough sleep. That's important. Oh, yeah, sleeping. Get yes, enough definitely. rest. Great. And get some joy in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> happiness is important. Yeah. All right, well, you've been a rock star. Thank you so much. No, this has been you. great. For more health tips and information, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Cleveland Clinic, one word. See you again next time. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.